Welcome back to the Chris Massey Show. Today's guest is a, a friend of mine, a mentor, a multi-talented human being overall in general. Welcome to the show, public artist Hubert Massey. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about you? I'm doing excellent. Thank you, man, for taking the time out of your schedule because I know you have a lot going on in great ways. Yep. And it's always it's always great when we get a chance to link. Yes. And so we've been knowing each other for some years now, and mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of recent masterpieces that you've done mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. And so for those who are not aware, because you have a unique uh, style, right. or you're a professional fresco painter. Yes. So how did you get into that full time? So I started back in uh, 1995. Um, Diego Rivera's assistant Stephen Lucian Block came to the city of Detroit after they were doing the restoration of the uh, frescoes at the Detroit Institute of Arts Mm -hmm. they decided to give a workshop and uh, uh, to teach 12 artists out of the state of Michigan I was one of the 12 Mm -hmm. so and if I back up a little bit before that uh, I originally came to the city of Detroit to be a sign painter Mm -hmm. and uh which all that type of information led me into really um, uh, having appreciation uh, for frescoes. So Diego Rivera's assistants uh, did the frescoes back in 1932. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diego Rivera was a sign painter. Okay. You know, and I realized that during the um, the presentation of Diego Rivera's assistants and. Um, so frescoes is probably one of the hardest mediums um, uh, that you can work with. It's the oldest form of painting. It's thousands of years old, but it's the hardest mm-hmm. uh, uh, form of uh, painting because you, it, I always call it the, uh, sort of like the vegetarian of art because it deals with all organic type of materials from oxidized pigments to river sand to marble dust and limestone. So if you're not familiar with frescoes, if you were standing uh, in front of a cave and the cave is all limestone and somebody decides to take the red dirt from the ground, mm-hmm. mix it with a little water, and then paint it inside the cave, uh, on the cave wall, which is limestone, you have a form of fresco painting because eventually it dries and it hardens and there's a chemical reaction that allows the paint to last for thousands of years. So all of a sudden you have these cave paintings that were done thousands of years ago. Right, right. So somebody came up with an ideal of uh, taking the limestone, uh, either scraping it off the wall uh, into, uh, 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 or scraping it off the wall so it becomes a powder form, add water to it and create a paste. Mm -hmm. And then they plaster it. And then they take the same elements, which is the oxidized pigments from the ground, and they start painting on it. And they created a uh, fresco. And they sometimes, they call it a buon uh, fresco. Wow. And uh, I think that's dope. And I think a while back you had mentioned to me, doesn't the quality of the, the work improve over time? Yeah, so um, they said the day you paint a fresco, 16 ye- I mean, 60 years from the day you painted 60 years richer in color <laughs> a thousand years uh, from the day you painted is a thousand years richer in color so actually what we're saying at the Detroit Institute of Arts 
of the Diego Rivera piece, we've seen 80 years hmm. of deepening and richening of the colors that's up on the wall, which is truly amazing. And the thing is that uh, frescoes, like I said, they last for thousands of years and they just keep on getting richer and keep on uh, deepening over time. Right, right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Talk about leaving a legacy. Yes. Because, yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how you really don't know what you're really looking at until like it can be amazing. That's the beauty of art to me is that mm -hmm. it's clearly more than what you see. Yes. With your, with your two eyes. There's so many, mm -hmm. you know, you have the inspiration, the right. the work that went into it, yeah. and a, a variety of factors that makes it even more amazing. Yeah, you know, and uh, some of the other the uh, interesting factors that go into it is, um, you know, just the, even the composition. Um, I use a lot of ancient uh, mathematic uh, uh, techniques. Uh, I think they um, uh, they were using that when. Uh, uh, trying to think of the movie with the, the, the ladies when they were calculating the uh, the distance uh, from Earth to the moon and then back and all. And they mentioned that they were using ancient... Uh, hidden figures. Yes, right, right. Hidden figures, right. And they were using the ancient uh, mathematics, mm -hmm. which is the golden ratio and the golden means. Mm -hmm. And that's the same process that I use to calculate compositions uh, to break up space. So a lot of people say, well, how do you create the depth that you work with when you're doing these paintings? I say, well, I don't paint on surfaces. I paint in space. <laughs> because visually, when you look at a piece of artwork, you're not just looking at the surface. So a surface means that you look at something, your eye reflects the wall and bounce back and say, that's a wall. But when you're looking at a painting that's compositionally done correctly, you're not looking at the wall, you're looking at the space and right. the depth. So all of a sudden, you're in the painting. Mm -hmm. You're not on the outside. You're not saying, oh, that's the wall, and I see a picture up on the wall. No, you're seeing space, and you're seeing depth, and you're seeing um, uh, a sense of infinity and all. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've had the honor to witness you composing such a masterpiece mm -hmm. a few years back. That was at was now on the, what, the south wing of Kobo. Mm -hmm. And can you describe that piece? Because you, you mentioned that briefly to uh, in regards to the depth. Yes. And then once people see it, they'll exactly yeah. understand what you're saying. Yes. Can you explain like the what that image is also and mm -hmm. the concept for that? Yeah, so the, the, con the concept for that, um, and uh, of course, the, uh, so it was, called Kobo now it's called TC oh, right. <laughs> right, mm -hmm. yeah. so the the concept was to create uh, or putting Detroit at the center of uh, innovation and technology mm -hmm. so I had a large figure of course we familiar with the the Marshall Fredericks the spirit of Detroit and all mm -hmm. uh, Joe Lewis Right. Uh, so maybe it's sort of a combination of both. So you have this large figure that holds his hand out there, holds the world, and a uh, robotic arm is shining a light down on top of the world. So the light that shines on top of the world uh, is the innovation. And where the positioning of the world is, is in the middle of a gear, which is the technology, which mm -hmm. places Detroit at the center of innovation and technology. 
And then some of the other things, there were three women that were up in there. Uh, they represent like Motown, but they represent three different industries, mm -hmm. uh, architects, engineers, uh, designers, uh, uh, teachers. And, uh, and then it goes into uh, more or less uh, talking about Detroit was the uh, known for the city of homes. Uh, we also had the Underground Railroad. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people were passing through Detroit to go to Canada for freedom and all. Uh, so we have the uh, uh, Second Baptist Church right, right. That's, that's represented in there. We also have a slave and a Native American is pointing away to Canada. Hmm. And then we have the bridging of the communities, urban and suburban communities and all. But we also have Canada. We have the Ambassador Bridge. We also even have the uh, Gordie Howe Bridge that hasn't been built, but is in the actual piece itself. Okay. And in the, la in the landscape is the tapestry. tapestry of the different cultures that that live in the city of Detroit, mm -hmm. and uh, Detroit has many different uh, uh, nationalities that that live here, which is a uh, which is um, amazing. Yeah, I agree, man. And whenever you get a chance, you know, who's ever listening, if, especially if you appreciate amazing masterpieces, because this is definitely a moment, a great mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. in Detroit and Michigan history as a whole. Yes. And that's a what a thirty by thirty? Yes, yeah, thirty feet by thirty feet. It weighs approximately six tons. Because you have to understand, it's all organic. Mm -hmm. It's all river sand, marble dust, and lime. So we had to haul in eighty pound bags of sand in here, and then we had to mix up. Uh, the lime was at least nine years old because the lime has to be slaked. So slaked means that the lime is sitting in the, in water. Uh, to absorb as much water and moisture in there for nine years, mm -hmm. and that's that's the type of lime that that we use and all. And then of course the uh, oxidizer pigments. The pigments come from all over. Mm -hmm. You got pigments from reds. That's from uh, China. Uh, you got um, pigments that's from uh, Mexico. Uh, lapis uh, lapis blue, uh, blue is a uh, is a stone. Cobalt blue is a stone. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> it, there, there's colored stones like that. Wow. And uh, so we have to grind those things down into a powder form, and then we utilize that by adding water to it, and then we use it, use it to uh, paint on the murals. Dope, dope. Mm -hmm. And another interesting fact, um, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's rare that African Americans are in this, fi in this uh, field of fresco painting, right? Yes. So... Um, in the history of frescoes, frescoes came up in here because of the Mexican mural painters, mm -hmm. Siqueiros, Orozco, and Diego Rivera, that uh, all was, I, I believe, at the beginning of the WPA, the Works in Progress. So when they, they had a lot of artists that were doing artwork, but Diego Rivera brought the frescoes here to the United States. Hmm. Um, you have to understand, the United States is only, what, 300 and something years old? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the, uh, as far as for African Americans, um, uh, there's probably less than five fresco painters in the United States, and I'm the only African American that's actually uh, wow. commissioned and doing uh, fresco paintings on a large scale. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's why I said it's, uh, it's very inspirational, like, I encourage people to talk with people because, you know, that's our format mm -hmm. on this uh, podcast because you never know who you're in the presence of, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like 
and you know we breed a lot of amazing you know that story can go on for forever yeah yeah and and, and what's and what's really nice is that and that's why i love the city of detroit because the city of detroit is built on a lot of firsts you had the first automobile here that goes in production i mean uh you you had a lot of uh, awful lot of firsts here you had motown you had I mean, it just you can just go on and on, mm-hmm. and uh, we have the largest fresco painting in the United States that's here in the city of Detroit. And so, <laughs> wow. what other place better than any other any other major city in the United States will be a birth of fresco paintings to be done, <laughs> and especially right. by an African American that's right here in the city of Detroit. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so. Another thing I've always wanted to ask you, so because I know a lot of people don't see a professional artist as a, a a good career choice. Right. So how was that for you when you made the transition and into that growing up? Like where you mm. supported or you proved yourself? Well, um, uh, two things. Uh, one, I was supported at the. Um, uh, my parents were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was an athlete. Okay. I played. Um, I played football from fifth grade all the way up through uh, college. Mm-hmm. I was a pro prospect my sophomore year. Nice. Um, after my sophomore year, suffered a knee operation. Had an opportunity to go to University of London in England, mm-hmm. uh, Slater Institute of Fine Art, to study art. Came back, my whole attitude had changed. <laughs> right. I said, "Well, you know, I can use the same discipline, and and to do the art." So, uh, uh, but I was I was uh, I was encouraged, uh, and I always tell people, I'm I'm like, you know, so who makes the gym shoes? Who makes the clothing? Who makes the hats? It's artists. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> right. artists make all those type of things. So don't discourage. When people are in the creative mind, they want to create things and stuff. Encourage them so that they can uh, have the support to be able to go into the field that they really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the the old saying in the United States: "There's the star of an artist," and everybody hangs right. their hat on uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh um, didn't sell a painting and all, but. Vincent Van Gogh, you know, he had some, there were some mental issues that were going on there. And mm-hmm. and he didn't want to sell paintings sometime, you know. Right. He wanted to do the art. But when I went to Europe and I got to see uh, Peter Paul Rubin, uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's pieces and all, uh, a lot of these mainstream artists that you hear about or European artists, they were all making uh, money. They right. were all very successful and all. I think Rembrandt, uh, was successful. He never left. He never traveled no more than than twenty or thirty miles beyond where he was living at. <laughs> and and yet uh, he was one of the major Dutch painters. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, uh, of course he didn't handle his money right, so he went bankrupt. Mm. Uh, but he was very successful. And uh, here in the United States. Um, it's the same thing. It's about understanding your craft, mm-hmm. being able to, uh, being able to study, being able to set goals for yourself, and uh, keep the focus. Right. Um, you know, I always say uh, for like track, uh, it's kind of hard to get your foot planted to be able to push off from the blocks if your blocks keep moving. <laughs> so you, right, right. so you have to have a firm direction 
on what it is that you want, you know, what it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. and also have a strong commitment uh, to do those things. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, also, uh, before we wrap it up, mm-hmm. can you provide some insight also to those who are not already aware where they can admire your works of art? I know you did the Centaur at the Athenium Hotel. Yeah, so I did the. Um, yeah, the, uh, sort of. Uh, when you walk into the lobby of the the Athenaeum Hotel, mm-hmm. the uh, there's the, the there's some uh, Greek. Uh, they look like Greek statues. It's from uh, Laocoon or Laocoon, and uh, those are some of my first pieces that I did. I did that 27 years ago. Okay. Um, and then um, I designed the, the Charles H. Wright Museum's floor, right, right. Uh, which is all terrazzo. I did Paradise Valley, redesigned that. I did um, uh, um, Campus Marshes. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of granite stone pieces over there, Federal Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. I did Tabernacles Church. They stained glass. It's 25 feet by 15 feet. Wow. Uh, I did the Center for Creative Studies uh, parking lot structure, which is a large tile mural hmm. that's on the side of a building. Um, I also did some community things. I did Ella Fitzgerald's uh, tile pieces, Rosedale Park. Uh, we got about 700 people involved in doing a, uh, a project on the uh, dugouts. Uh, there were eight dugouts. We did them in three days. <laughs> wow. So they were seven feet by... 20, 25 feet or so, something like that. Hmm. And um, uh, also did the Detroit Athletic Club, uh, the frescoes paintings there. I've also done things outside of uh, outside of Detroit, Grand Rapids, hmm. uh, did a fresco there at the Flint Institute of Arts Museum, uh, 17 feet by 88 foot uh, fresco painting. So it's, it's quite a few, but at the most, it's probably about 17 monumental pieces in the city of Detroit, and there's other pieces in uh, Flint and uh, and uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work here in uh, in Michigan, okay. but I had an hop- opportunity uh, 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 organization in uh, San Francisco is interested in me coming out there and talking about the process of fresco. They just uh, restored uh, one of Diego Rivera's fresco paintings. Mm. And they reached out to me because they seen that that I was doing frescoes here in the city of Detroit. So it's pretty amazing. I agree. And I appreciate you again, man. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to work with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's the best way for people to stay in contact with you or follow follow your progress? Yeah, so one way of doing this, you can go to my website. It's uh, hubertmasseymurals.net. That's hubertmasseymurals.net. Dot net, mm-hmm. and um, you go to my website. You'll be able to see some of the work that I've, I've done, and uh, also you'll see some of the um, some of the things that, that that's upcoming. So it'd be you know a great <coughs> way to uh, be able to do that. Perfect. Make sure y'all check that out. He's an amazing artist, and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to call you a friend and a mentor and uh, witness this greatness in yeah. you know, in real time. Well, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> yep. And everyone, we appreciate you all for tuning in to the Chris Massey Show, brought to you by Yap Radio. Make sure you download the app on iTunes and Google Play. And a special thanks to the official sponsor of the Chris Massey Show, 
the inspirational lifestyle brand, Legendary. Their motto is believers become innovators, innovators become legendary. And they're connecting individuals through apparel and accessories and unique experiences. You can follow them on Instagram at LGNDRE. Check out the website, LGNDRE.com. They have some great products and some great things coming up. Once again, thank you, Hubert. Looking forward to working with you again. Thank you so very much, too. You're welcome. Peace. All right, peace.